0: everybody welcome back to the property profits real estate podcast and have you ever thought about getting into the short-term rental business you probably have we've heard all sorts of stuff about it especially over the pandemic now let me ask you another question how do you like the idea of not just doing short-term rentals but doing them internationally and scaling that business very 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 quickly well that's exactly what we're talking about here today with our special guest Ryan Luke, who's Zooming in all the way from the UK, and Ryan has a lot of experience doing short-term rentals, not just in the UK, but also internationally. He's got a bunch of properties and manages a bunch of properties in Dubai, and now he's starting to scale into the United States. So, Ryan, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, buddy.
0: It's my pleasure. So, Ryan, it was interesting because we had a conversation a week or so ago and what you have done in a really short period of time is nothing short of mind-boggling to me. <laughs> like it's, it's. I was checking out your website. Is like you told me you started like three years ago, really focusing on this. And I'm looking at this. I'm going, my God, how do you how do you find the time of the day? So, if you don't mind, take us through that journey, just you know, thirty thousand foot perspective. What were you doing yeah, three it's, or four years uh... ago, and how did you get into this?
1: Yeah, uh, fell into it by accident. Didn't have a pension to rely on in later life, so kind of started digging around the whole property thing, and then fell into Airbnb by accident. But couldn't get a property rented with the normal tenants, so tried the Airbnb thing. Obviously, started taking a lot of revenue, and the the rest is history, as they say. I think how did it happen? How did it scale so quickly? Is probably you know the the four thirty a.m. starts the relentless attitude to knowing as much as I possibly could about this industry as quick as I possibly could, you know, soaking up as much knowledge as I could, taking some big risks, trying as much as I could to just move the ball forward all the time. And, but yeah, I, I do, I put a lot of it down to my early start. I know a lot of people don't sort of believe in the whole 5am club type thing, but for me, I was, you know, 60, 70 hours a week in a job. So I had to, had to find the time somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got two kids. At that time, they were sort of what would they be like, six and four. You know, three, uh,
0: that's that's four. a high maintenance age, my friend. So yeah, <laughs> I could see so, the five a.m. Yeah,
1: so I so I had to find some time. So for me, it was half four till half seven before pretty much the world's awake. And I was marketing the hell out of my business. I was you know researching systems and processes. I was trying to find properties, contacting owners, landlords, estate agents, and just doing everything that you need to do really to get a business off the ground. And I guess I just was, I was obsessed, you know, and I think you have to be, I think you've got to be obsessed with what you're doing to be able to push through the alarm clock going off at four 30 every morning when probably five nights out, five nights out of seven, you do want to hit the snooze button and just go back to bed, you know, but
0: yeah. so just, just out of curiosity, what were you doing prior to this? It sounds like you're, you know, you're working, Seventy-eight hour seventy or eighty hours a week at other stuff too. What, what the hell were you doing? I mean, uh,
1: yeah, I was running. Um, I was running five car dealership, group management level, so uh, I was okay. quite high. Oh, I had one hundred and thirty staff to manage, five different locations, and I took a lot of time out <laughs> of my day, six days a week at the, you know, at the beginning, and then that kind of tapered down as a, as the side hustle started to get busier. I just six days, five days, four days, three days, and then it was a case of I just got to. I got see you you later (laughs) it's quite a tricky tricky situation for me because the i went into it was actually it's my wife's side of the business it's their business to father's business that they started so we when we came back from dubai which i'll come on to that that's probably why dubai is the connection for me but i he approached me and asked me if i wanted to go into business and i sort of did yeah at the time it was it was the right thing for us to do as a newly married couple and and i did that for like eight nine years you know i was working in that business and went from on the floor all the way up to pretty much running the whole thing and so it was it was a difficult decision because well it wasn't a difficult decision. I knew that it had to happen.
0: It was a complex decision because it's the in-laws yeah. and your wife yeah. and the whole family. It, it wasn't that, just yeah.
1: like, you know, see later job by I'm leaving everyone else behind and don't care. It was like I had to put a lot of things in place to make sure that things still move forward, you know. Yeah, because so. you
0: got you could still got to get together at Christmas time, right? With the yeah. with the in-laws. Yeah. So, Ryan, walk us through that first. If, you know those first couple of deals. Were you doing those locally in the UK? Is that what you're focusing on? And then how did you how did you make the leap into Dubai? And then what does your portfolio look like now? What does the the whole little mini conglomerate look like that you got going on right now?
1: Yeah. So yeah, I started on my doorstep as you do. You know, just getting out on viewings. And i I was initially just going to source deals for people. I went to a conference and this guy was on stage telling me how he could make five thousand pound for finding a deal and selling it to somebody so I was like I could do that and that, that's kind of where it started and then I kept finding these deals but I was like looking at the long-term payback and I was like I don't want to give that away I want yeah. to keep that so mm-hmm. I managed to just you know fund them get them funded and, and get them set up and started you know Newcastle and then branched out to sort of some of the cities around Newcastle and then started to go throughout the whole of the UK And I guess each leap kept me thinking, well, I don't actually need to be near these properties to make it work because in the background, I think one of the advantages of having the job was I had to build a system that could effectively get guests in and out whilst I was occupied at work and it had to be fairly robust. So I feel like I'm quite good with technology anyway. I've always been quite techie and I just researched a lot more about different types of softwares that you can use within the industry and also external and plug them into the industry. And I built like a almost automated process to get a guest from the minute they book all the way through to checkout without really needing to contact me and that allowed me to scale and then as we pushed into you know all these different postcodes or states I guess as you know them then then we we kept fulfilling the guests needs and everything was fine and we kept scaling so I was like okay well I don't actually need to be where the properties are and that was the confidence boost and then I previously mentioned I used to live in Dubai 2010 till 2012 I love the place. So we've always gone back on holiday and mm. uh, see friends that we still have there. And I was driving down. So I don't know if we've been to Dubai, but it's like six lane motorway all the way through the city from basically the airport down to, you know, the end where the Marina is. And we were driving back to the airport and there's just all these lights off in these towers. And I'm like, there must be so many landlords blowing money here. Like with voids. They, they've got to be there. Hardly any of these buildings are full. So I basically bit like I did in the UK. I found a website where obviously landlords advertise properties and you could get in open dialogue with them directly without a state okay. agent and just basically started WhatsApping them and just, hey, you know, I'm, I'm looking to do this. This is what i do in the UK. I'd like to rent your property, blah, blah, blah. And like anything, just, you know, sold them the benefits of what we do and how it's better than having a tenant and, you know, they can make more money long-term and all that sort of stuff.
0: So and this was kind of an arbitrage type thing. at the yeah, period, is that yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Rental arbitrage, yeah. And sure enough, you know, very interested. Tell me more. Who are you? Blah, blah, blah. Obviously, at this point, I had the you know, the the trust, uh, the trust brand marketing, as I like to call it. So we have, you know, the website that gives, yep, you're definitely doing that. And yep, you're saying what you're saying you're doing. And anyone can Google me and find the things out. And that definitely makes things life a lot easier, you know, than when you are starting, say, when I was in Newcastle, and I didn't have any property, and you know, you're kind of winging it a bit. But so yeah, so I, I got a lot of attention back. So I basically booked a flight, Went on forty-eight viewings, acquired thirty-five properties or something <laughs> in a, in, a, in a couple of weeks, and then put a team in play there before I left, and then came back home, and and then that that was how Dubai started, and now that's scaling so quick out there.
0: So, and what it, if you don't mind sharing? What is your what does your business look like now? How many, if you're open to sharing this, how yeah. many properties do you own? How many properties are you doing arbitrage with? Yes, And I think you manage stuff as well for other Airbnb. Yeah, we
1: we do. We do.
0: That's a fascinating idea. Hold that thought for a second. Hi there. This is Dave DeBoe, and real estate investors hire me to raise capital the right way. Why? Because most of them are stuck with too small of a portfolio and they don't know how to attract investors and raise money for their deals. So I help them to connect, capture and Close their ideal money partners. Bottom line when you've got a deal, you're going to have the capital to do it. So go ahead and book a no cost capital clarity session with me at bookachatwithdave.com. Again, that's bookachatwithdave.com.
1: We're, we're nearing, we're probably nearing about 400 units in stock altogether, which equates to about over 80 million pounds worth of stock. Percentage wise, we've got probably the majority of the portfolio is rental arbitrage. So, and then, but what I do with that rental arbitrage money is I then buy assets with it. Obviously, the asset purchasing game is a much slower game. Probably got about 15% of the stock's probably assets, and then maybe 30% of the stock is managed stuff, and the rest is kind of rental arbitrage. Although it kind of swings a bit. So depends on, on cash flow, we might have, you know, if we go and set up a load of unit like I did in Dubai, I went pumping a lot of money into that to be able to get that going with furniture packs and all that sort of stuff. So then naturally it's kind of like, right, let's lean on just getting some management clients for now. And, but now we've got it where we have different types of acquisition departments within the business. So all the areas are kind of scaling at the same time now. I always thought I'd come away from the rental arbitrage model when basically I, I remember saying to myself, when I've got enough money, I'll just buy assets. But the rental arbitrage model done correctly is a really great way to build quick cash flow. And obviously you can rent 10 properties next week. You can't go buy and complete on 10 properties next week, you know, so mm-hmm. move so much quicker. And at the end of the day, you know, I think it might have been Warren Buffett who said, you don't necessarily need to own assets to make money. You just need to control them. You know, if you mm-hmm. on control of assets, then you can, and you get cash flow from them, you can, you know, good living. So I very much am in that mindset right now and I'm, I'm currently liquidating a couple of or remortgaging a few few projects we've got on the go. And I'm even now thinking the money, the money that's coming back from them is just literally going to get pumped back into rental arbitrage. And then as and when we buy assets, you know, I'll either find the money from investors if I'm short or I'll, you know, the, the rental arbitrage money will have built back up to be able to to increase the cash flow. So so that's kind of where my mindset is. And then I basically figured out how can I move quicker. I've got this crazy idea of 5,000 units by the time I'm 40. So I'm possessed, as as I said earlier, to be able to achieve that. And then, like, how can I move quicker? And as I've gone through business, I feel like y- you really get to understand how to leverage other people's time if you want to grow big. And that's mm. one you've got to get out your own way. You've got to stop becoming a control freak. You've got to understand that you need support to be able to do it all. And I, I kind of that clicked for me about two years ago, and I've been built an amazing team so far. And and then i decided to create a franchise model and basically get people who are also as invested as passionate and willing to work on the front line uh, hard to take a franchise represent the brand and then go and find deals and that is kind of how we're scaling internationally now is is these franchisees and and that's how we've just gone into the USA uh, with our first franchisee and we're also got some great conversations going on in kind of Australia Asia and South Africa so they're hopefully going to be new territories as well for us quite soon
0: oh that's fascinating so ryan if people want to find out more about you your story what you're up to i know you got a ton of resources. What's the best place for people to check you out?
1: Just the website, really, uh, LukeCapitalGroup.com. And, you know, that pretty much directs you into all of the different avenues. I like to hang out on TikTok a bit at the minute. I'm a bit testing that water out and think that's a good marketing channel. Are
0: you you doing the dancey stuff, too?
1: (laughs) No, I think platforms moved slightly and uh, the the educational information type stuff seems to be working quite well. But, yeah, I think. It's a good
0: platform to be on. Oh, awesome. yeah. That's the
1: best place.
0: So we'll make sure we got that in the show notes. Ryan, thank you very much for sharing your story and and more importantly, your philosophy. And then just that that kick ass, you know, no excuses, get up at the crack of dawn, get crap done attitude. I absolutely love that. So congratulations on your success. It's well deserved. And I look forward to hearing about the growth of your company, especially leveraging other people by doing this franchise thing. Can't wait to see how quickly you reach those 5,000 units.
1: Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. Appreciate
0: it. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book,